0: Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. This morning as we gather, we're beginning a new series for the month of March and the season of Lent called Pray Like This. And we're going to explore prayer. As we do that, I just want to have a start with a question. I'm just going to give you a chance to shout out some answers so you can get some thought, you know, a little response here. You don't have to be quiet. You know, respond a little bit. But here is the question for you. What word or image comes to mind when you think about prayer? Jesus, I see someone folding their hands, you know, putting their hands together. What else comes to mind? What images come to mind when you think about prayer? Kneeling. Silence. (laughs) Talking to God. Peace. Conversation. The other service, some people said, you know, well, hope. You know, as we think about prayer, I mean, there's a lot of images that come to mind. Of course, some of them are like, you know, fold your hands, bow your heads, close your eyes. I think sometimes, by the way, that is not biblical. There's no directive about folding our hands, closing our eyes, and bowing our heads. For parents, that's probably the best thing is, or if you're a school teacher in like, a Lutheran school, the best thing to keep kids from doing things like, you know, elbowing each other and poking each other. I had two brothers, you know, we were always poking and wrestling with each other is that it just helps you focus. But you know, when I think of prayer, one of the images that comes to mind for me is this here. It's a barber. Have, did any of you ever go to the barber before? Okay, just making sure. I I mean, you guys looked at me like, I have no idea. Now, let me give you a little bit of background why I think a barber just comes and brings to mind the idea of prayer. It goes all the way back to 1535. And there is this guy named Martin Luther. You may have heard of him before, this German monk. And, of course, we drive our name as Lutherans from his name. Martin Luther had this lifelong friend and barber, named Peter Beskendorf, and Peter asked Luther how a guy like himself, just an ordinary guy, just a simple way for him to pray. And so Martin Luther, you know, responds to Peter's question about, you know, a simple way to pray. You know, how do you make prayer part of your daily routine in life? He says, well, this is the way that I pray. When I get up, you know, I pray, I pray, but I begin by doing the Ten Commandments. So he goes over the Ten Commandments. And then after that, he goes through the creed. And then after the creed, he goes over some of the words of Jesus. Now, isn't that a great warm-up to prayer? Kind of like, you know, your morning stretches before you do your morning run or exercise. And then, you know, he talks about the Lord's Prayer, and he goes, I go through the Lord's Prayer. and, And he explains that as he goes through the prayer, then he spends time with each petition you know, as kind of a guide to kind of stir his thoughts in prayer. In fact, Martin Luther even says that he prays differently, and I'll quote here, depending on my mood and feeling. So as we kick off this series on prayer, we're going to kick off this series in prayer by taking a quick look at the Lord's Prayer. And I say quick because we could easily spend, you know, five or six or seven weeks, you know, we could spend hours and hours really diving in deep on the Lord's Prayer and what it means for our lives. But as we do that, before we go any further, let's go to our Lord in prayer. Lord God, we thank you and praise you for the gift that you give to us in prayer, the fact that we can have a conversation with you. Lord, help us as we explore what prayer is and what it means for us to have this prayer as part of our life each and every day. We pray this, Jesus. In your name, amen. So when we talk about prayer, you know, we go from this idea of, of the barber. I, I, I like this picture because I just thought, you know, that looked like a young Martin Luther. If you know what his pictures looked like when he was hiding, you know, when he was being chased, he had this beard and he was hiding out. That's the only reason I picked that picture. When we talk about prayer, though, it will begin here with the words of the Lord's Prayer. Now, did you notice that the roof did not fall in when we had, as our scripture reading, a different translation of the Lord's Prayer than what you probably know. You know, I learned early ministry don't ever, ever change the version of the Lord's Prayer. I inadvertently did that years ago in Omaha. I didn't I mean I didn't realize that happened in the bulletin, I didn't proofread the bulletin that part because it's always the same, except for this time that it wasn't. And I tell you, I felt like there were pitchforks and daggers, and they were ready to string me up. I was in trouble for changing the version of the Lord's Prayer. Kind of that old German, Pastor, we're not doing this other version of the Lord's Prayer. That's not right. I'm like, it was a mistake. Give the young guy a break. You know, we'll correct it next time. Never again. But as we do this, we're going to go through this other translation just because sometimes, like we had in our series in September, we talked about how to read the Bible. We say sometimes if we read a different translation, it just gives us a little more of that, oh, okay, maybe I have a better understanding. Or maybe I've got another question that I hadn't thought of before. And the version we use is kind of the King James Version, kind of like the 23rd Psalm. We like that kind of beautiful poetic way of saying that. It really was the common language of the people in those days. It's not some high super language, but it really is the language the people would speak to them. So more in the language we speak today, let's just dig in as we begin this first petition here. The first petition here is these words, and let's read this together. Our Father in heaven. So as we think about this, we think about what this means for us and as we begin our prayer. These are profound yet simple words. Because as you think about it, you know, who is... God we're praying to yes God is the galaxy maker he is the creator of all things he put all the stars you know in the sky he gives breath to each and every one of us and yes our God is also the king of the universe he rules over all things and he rules over our lives but as we talk about this God that we come to, we don't come to a God like a deist. With deists believe that God kind of got the world spinning or got the world going like a clock. This is a clockmaker here. And um, simply let the clock running or left the world running. We also, as we pray to God, we don't come to a God who kind of, again, got things going and said, hey, you know, I'm busy right now. I'm relaxing on the beach for the rest of eternity. But we have a God who who is involved in our lives, a God who cares for us, a God that Jesus invites us to call Father. Now again, this is profound as we understand who our God is. God's people, the Jewish people, understood God as Father, as like the Father of their nations, but it wasn't this personal connection. When they prayed, they had other names and titles for God, like Elohim, you know, Redeemer, Redeemer. And they would use these names as they approached God. But now Jesus invites them and invites us to come before God as his children. To come before God in relationship like a father and a child. We hear that in the words of 1 John 3. one. Let's read this together. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, And that is what we are. You know, just to spend a few moments and really think about what it means that you and I are God's children. That God, yes, the galaxy maker, the, the king of this universe, the great and mighty one, invites us, he invites you to address him as Father. In the Greek, the word for father would have been pater, which we get our English word father from. In the Aramaic, where Jesus, the language he originally would have spoken, and kind of a blend of the Hebrew and the the Greek language is Aramaic, would have been the word Abba, which maybe you've heard that word before, Abba, father. So this, this close relationship we have with our father. Now, we say that, you know, hopefully you understand there's a difference between our earthly fathers. And even if you had a great earthly father, no earthly father is perfect. But most often the idea that we have with our earthly fathers is they care for us. They love us. They want the best for us. Yes, they will discipline us. They will challenge us and they will push us. But they will be there to take care of us and be with us always. And Jesus talks about this, you know, a little later in the gospel, too, where he says, you know, what father, if his son asked for, you know, like an egg, would give him a snake? And, you know, the father was one who cares. So we come before our father. Now, we, we, again, we differentiate because this father is where? He's in heaven. Our father, you know, who art in heaven, our father who resides in heaven. So as you know, again, you think about coming before God in prayer, whether you put hands like this or like this, whether you kneel and close your eyes, you know, whether you're lying in bed trying to stay awake, whether you're up early in the morning, middle of the day, late at night, as you come before God in prayer, you come before your Father in heaven. And a God who hears us, who knows us, who knows every single hair on our head. For some of us, that's a lot. I didn't say the opposite of that, did I? So for some of us, that's not so much. That's right. For those of you who have not so much, I'm catching up. (laughs) And then next, these words here. Let's read this together. Let your name be kept holy. You know, and the old English way of saying this is what? Hallowed be your name, right? Let your name be holy. Let your name be holy among us. Not only God, hey, your name is holy. We're acknowledging that. But God, let us honor your name. Let us, with our words and our lives, honor you. Honor who you are. Acknowledge who you are. What Jesus is doing here is he is shaping our expectations in prayer. That as we come before our Father in heaven, and we are praying and saying, let his name be hallowed, made holy among us. That becomes our chief concern. That we see God as one who is, you know, worthy of our honor and our praise. And that we don't see God, like we sometimes do when we pray, like a genie. If we just rub the lamp the right way, the genie will come out and he will grant us, you know, all of our requests. That God's name is made holy among us. The next portion of this, I'm really kind of combine two, of the, or one petition, I'm going to combine the two of them. But... Let's say this together. Let your kingdom come. And then the next one here connected to that is let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is, we pray that God's kingdom comes. We pray about his kingdom of power, his kingdom of grace. So, his power, God's power made known in this world and his creative power, his grace, his love, his mercy. That his grace would be known to all people. And that's especially as we say that we want to partner with God and having His kingdom here on this earth. That we pray that His grace is lived through us, through our words, through our actions. We go back to this series we had in February, you know, Won't You Be My Neighbor? That really was a series focused on that petition that, Lord, Your kingdom of grace will be lived through me. And then let Your will be done, Lord. This is going to be a challenging one here because when we're praying this, you know what we're praying is, God, I want your will to be done in my life. Now, we say this, and as often as we say it, we do just the opposite, don't we? Lord, I want your will to be done in my life as long as it's according to my will. But really, you're saying, Lord, shape my will, my desire, my hopes, and my dreams so that they align with your will. So that I'm, I'm walking alongside of you. And this next one here, let's say this together from Matthew 6, 11. Give us our daily bread. So give, I always forget that part. Give us our daily bread today. To give us this bread that we need. Now, I love the way that Martin Luther talks about this. And he, and he says here that, in a quote, what Martin Luther says, that this means... Everything necessary for the preservation of this life, like food, healthy body, good weather, house, home, spouse, children, good government, and peace. So think about what, what's going on here. We're not just talking about, hey God, you know, give me some food to eat today, but we're saying, God, give me what I need to live my life today. Give me the things that I need, and not only are we saying, God, give me the things I need in this. Part of the prayer, we're also saying, God, I acknowledge that everything I have, everything that is good is from you. That no matter how hard I work, work no matter how hard I work, I was jumping to my next sentence, or no matter how good of a cook I am, you know, or no matter how poorly I can talk this morning, um, that God, everything I have is from you. That everything is a gift from you, and I acknowledge is a gift from you. This is really a stewardship petition as well because, God, I'm acknowledging that everything I have belongs to you and you give me the resources that I need. And I love how this resource that God, you know, provides for us is more than just simply, again, food. But it is food. It's a healthy body. Think about right now, some of us, some of us more than others, you know, little elbows instead of handshaking, are concerned about the coronavirus, I'm not sure exactly, you know, who all and how you know many may get sick from something like that or the flu season. But we pray for a healthy body. We we pray for good weather, awesome, beautiful weather this coming week. We pray for our house and our, and our home and our spouse and our and our children, for our family, for our community, for our neighborhood. We pray for good government. Think about this upcoming election in November. It looks like another crazy one. It'd be fun. My idea of fun, maybe it's not your idea of fun. But and we pray for peace. We pray for peace here in our community, in our world, and in our lives. So when we pray for our daily bread, we're praying for more than just what we're gonna eat here after church is over, you know, wherever you go, whether you go home or go out. The next prayer is this here, and let's say this together forgive us as we forgive others. Forgive us our trespasses, our debts, You know, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us, for those who owe debts against us. To me, I think this is probably the most difficult petition for most of us. Now, we've got to be careful, because sometimes someone will say, see, what this proves is that God will not forgive you unless you forgive someone else. And as soon as you do that, you make God's forgiveness conditional. That's dangerous, because if God's forgiveness is conditional, Conditioned on us, then it's not grace, it's not mercy. But what this is saying is, is that Jesus is inviting us to allow God's grace, his love and his mercy, his forgiveness to shape us. So that we're praying here, Lord, as you've forgiven me, and Lord, that means I've got to be honest with things I, I wanted to and need to ask forgiveness for. I'm also praying that your forgiveness enables and empowers me to forgive others. That I can forgive, you know, the person sitting next to me right now. That I can forgive, you know, my sibling who I've, you know, had a fight with and we have not talked for years. That I can forgive my noisy neighbor. That I can forgive, you know, my teacher. That I can forgive, you know, the person who cut me off driving down the road this morning. That I can forgive no matter how great the trespass, the debt, the wrongdoing, the sin That as I have been forgiven, I can forgive. Now this is a powerful prayer. Because again, it's not just acknowledging our need and God's forgiveness of us. But also that we need his help to forgive others. Sometimes as we pray this prayer, it's like God is the same person that I need to forgive. And I haven't forgiven them yet. I want to. Help me get there. Help me to be able to forgive as you have forgiven me. All right, let's read the next petition. Don't allow us to be tempted. Instead, rescue us from the evil one. I like this translation because it makes a little more sense in some ways. You know, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is a prayer that God, lead us away from temptation. But when we are faced with temptation, when we have those struggles, those trials, help us to trust in you. Help us when temptation comes to say no to those temptations and to follow your will for us, to live according to to your plan for us. And Lord, rescue us from the evil one. Remind us of the promise that you give us through your son, Jesus Christ, that you are with us always, that we are never alone, that no matter how wacky or crazy the government gets, no matter how scary you know, the world may seem with wars and rumors of wars and conflicts and, and viruses and all those things, that Lord, I know, I know that you, you are in control of all things, and that you are with me always. So here's an active challenge for us going forward this week. This challenge is how will you pray the Lord's Prayer this week? Now, some of you might pray the Lord's Prayer every week. It might be your routine. You might use the portals of prayer, and I know that's one of the options you have is to pray the Lord's Prayer. We do it here almost every time we gather for worship. But I want to challenge you to pray this prayer this week. I want to challenge you a little bit more. Find a different translation. I know that's going to be tough, you know, but try it out. See, again, what new insights, questions may arise as you do that. But I also encourage you then take each petition so you can pray the whole petition, but then take each petition, one petition each day this week. So you got seven days, seven petitions. And spend a little time saying, all right, God, as I pray this, how am I really praying it according to how I feel? Am I concerned? Am I worried? Am I frustrated? Am I, you know, going my own direction? And am I needing your forgiveness? Am I needing to forgive someone else? The Lord, I can take all that is going on in my life this day, and I can bring it to you, knowing that you, as my Father, hear me, care for me, and love me. You know, the Lord's Prayer, it it takes us less than a minute. But this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, teaches us the breadth, the height, and the depth of God's love For us, his love for you in Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you this day on behalf of all those gathered here. We come before you and we pray that your spirit would help us to grow in our prayer life. That Lord, we will learn to pray this prayer that you have given us. Not just simply by repetition, not because it's a traditional practice for us, but that we would pray it. And in praying this prayer, we would truly understand the breadth and the depth of your love for us. That we would live this prayer each and every day. That this prayer would breathe life into our relationship with you and a relationship with all others. This we pray, Jesus, in your powerful name. And God's people say, Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit HolySavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.